Dear Feathers, we have a treat for you today. We have Ruby Sunshine Taylor on with us, who is the founder of the Financial Joy School, as well as the author of a new book called The Unconventional CEO. She is so inspirational. She has overcome a traumatic brain injury, and she will talk about that journey. And she started off in social care, and she was a social care worker um, in schools, and she loved it. So transitioning from that and listening to that little voice uh, that pecks on your shoulder uh, and what that means, and uh, there's so much to cover in in this episode. She is fantastic. Uh, You just want to squeeze her. So let's get to it. I'm Brooke. I'm your podcast host, and let's dive in. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed in Ruby's story and the inspiration that she shares. to have you and uh, interested to hear how you get got started. I know a little bit, but I'm interested for you to share how you got started and tell us all about Vitaminis, right? Vitaminis, yes. 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 So Thank you so you much for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. I'm excited to have you. Um, so you look, it looks like you spent quite a few years in the corporate world. I did. Yes. And then you went into CPG, like um, beverage, adult beverages? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So tell us about that journey and how you morphed over into entrepreneurship. You know, it's funny because if I go all the way back, I've wanted to be an entrepreneur since forever. My mom tells stories of when I was a kid. You know, I wrote a little book and then I borrowed money from her to copy it, you know, like with my pencils and crayons. And then I sold the books on the corner. So she'll tell that story. But in college, I was in a group. um, I went to University of Chicago. I was in a group called the Chicago Entrepreneurial Group. That's where I met my husband. He went off to be an entrepreneur right away. And uh, I kind of like went on this corporate path. But the entire time I was telling myself, this is to prepare me for one day. You know, I was like, okay. I'm going to do finance because I need to understand that. Then I'm going to go to business school. Then I'm going to work as a consultant so I get exposure to all these things. And then I'm going to work in CPG. And it's funny because I think at some point it was like, I just need to actually do it. Um, But it took me getting laid off to actually do it because I think I'm just like a little bit of a risk averse kind of person. Uh, But the story, yeah, the story goes way back. (laughs) We are supported by Masami. Masami is clean, premium hair care with a Japanese ocean botanical for weightless hydration and shine. We love their products in my house. My daughter has really thick long hair and I have really fine, thin hair and we both love the Masami shampoo and conditioner. Masami is vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, clean, gender-neutral, and works for every hair type and texture, whether straight or curly. 
their products, clean and moisturize their hair all at once. They've received several awards for their products and after using them, you will look like you just walked out of the salon. They're eco-friendly, sustainable, vegan, plant-based, and the company is woman-owned. For 15% off, go to Love Masami. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I.com backslash the Wild Feather Podcast and enter the Wild Feather Podcast in the coupon code for 15% off your entire order. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were born with the desire to become an entrepreneur. And then you get laid off. And this was around COVID timeframe? Yes. So in 2019, I left the beverages uh, space to join a hotel company. It was really fast growing. It was very exciting opportunity. And of course, the hotel business come 2020, not a good place to be. So I was there for about a year. And then when COVID hit, um, myself and my entire team and most of my colleagues all got furloughed. So this company basically furloughed or laid off 700 of us. And at that time, um, my kids were in daycare at the time and the daycare was shut down. So I was kind of, and I was laid off. So I kind of got thrown into being a stay-at-home mom to my three boys um, who at that time were six, five, and three. And uh, on top of that, I was trying to look for a job, but no one was hiring. And so I think this, like all these different factors coming together really pushed me to kind of consider doing something with this and also informed the idea I ended up going after. Yeah. Just having a six, five and three, did you say? Yes. That, wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I have three boys are 18 months apart, December, June, December. And so like back in 2020, yeah, six, five and three, it was something. (laughs) Now it's fun, but back then it was like survival mode. <laughs> right, right. I know uh, several moms that were struggling during that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on many levels. I mean, there's the sheer work of it. Then you pile on top of that the stress of COVID. Then you pile on top of that you can't really leave the house easily, do what you usually do. Then you pile on top of that the fact that I had always kind of identified as a professional working woman and now I wasn't. It was so, so many things and I can like laugh about it now, but it was, yeah, tough times, tough times. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what'd you do? So you came up, you're in this situation, predicament, and you're like, okay, well, now's the best time. Now's the time to create my own business, right? Like, how Yeah, you- I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds very straightforward, but it was a little more kind of convoluted. Um, <laughs> So I've always been a health and wellness person. My husband likes to tease me. He's like the foodie and he cooks and he's like to taste things. And I'm like the mathematical food person who's like how much protein and vitamins. And I really believe that all that stuff really impacts your health. So that was kind of always of an interest of mine. When I was working in the beverages industry, I was working in the alcoholic beverages industry uh, for about five years, I was taking notes on research that would come in about health and wellness, better for you, functional foods and beverages, and all the things people wanted, clean label, you know, you name it, convenient. And I would write it down because I'm like, you know, we're probably not going to, we're not going to do anything with this at this company, but I, somebody should do something with this. And I don't even think I took it so far as I should do something with it. I was just jotting it down as like ideas. So anyway, get laid off. I'm looking for a job for a long time, probably six months, like fully dedicated to finding that next job. But in the meantime, I just started thinking about things differently. I mean, I was at home 
you know, as, as the person at home with no childcare, I was kind of on point for meals. I was on point for snacks and, and it just got me thinking differently about like what nutrition are we getting? And then with COVID happening, are we making sure to have our immune systems fully supported with the nutrition we're getting given COVID? And it all kind of came together. And I would say towards the end of 2020, so I was probably like after six months, um, was when I really started thinking about where is that natural food or beverage that delivers nutrients for your immune system or for anything really? It's not a pill, it's not a powder, it doesn't have added sugar. It's natural, but with, with a little bit extra. And mm. I didn't really see it out there. And so I thought, you know, I should really do something about this. And at that time, it was more like tinkering and experimenting rather than an explicit day that I decided I'm going to start a company and that's going to be what I do. So it was kind of like little right, right. bit by little bit. So you started creating the product, tinkering with the product and creating that in your kitchen. And then it kind of morphed from there. How did you know when you had like something real that you thought you could take to market? So it's interesting. I actually started with talking to a lot of my friends and family initially. So before I had fully baked idea or even the tinkering phase began, I, um, I knew I wanted to do something within health and wellness. I knew I wanted to do something around like a cleaner, easier, better way to get your nutritional needs met. Um, and by the way, I totally believe whole foods is best. Like you can get everything from fruits and vegetables, great, but there's many factors, including processed foods, lower nutrient produce now. So for all those reasons, I, I was like, okay, if you can't get it from whole foods, let's get the next best thing. So I started with talking to friends and family and colleagues, but I went about it in a very, very explicit way. So rather than just chit-chatting like I normally would with people, I wrote an, a script, an interview guide. And I said, I'd like to interview you. I'm going to take notes. This is like a formal thing. And, th and then I sat down with, I think, 50 people. And it was like, what are some challenges that you're facing in your nutrition? What are some things you like or don't like about what's out there? What are some things that you look for when you buy a product? On the, what ingredients? Do you look at the ingredients? What do you look for? What do you not look for? What do you look to avoid? And interviewed all these people. And through that process, I started to get a better idea of what I wanted to do. And that's where actually immune support came because I read my, one of my um, thoughts on initial thoughts was gut health. But during that process of interviewing people, everybody was worried about their immune systems. It was on my list too. So I thought I need to bump this one up. Um, and then in terms of the actual tinkering, because this is, it's not like a recipe that you can make at home per se. The tinkering in my case was more of finding somebody who could help me with the formulations and just testing it out for a nominal amount of money. So somebody who kind of had knowledge of how beverages are made and what ingredients would go well together and how I could make something that kind of checked the boxes on these nutritional factors. And how did you find, did you happen to know this person? No, no, I did not. So I, on that front, I, had started networking with other entrepreneurs and I just started asking around. So some of it was one-on-one, -on -one, like if I knew somebody that had worked in the industry before. And then I joined a group called Startup CPG, which I think they have 20,000 members in the Slack group. And you can just throw questions on the Slack. Um, so I've leveraged that throughout. And I can't remember now where exactly this person's name came from. I also did a lot of personal research with references. So if I found someone on the internet, I wanted to talk to a couple of their clients and really 
learn more. So I, this took, process took a long time. It wasn't like I just found someone and just went and did it. Um, but I found eventually found someone that I could work with. And there's a whole range of people in this space that cost from just a little bit, like an entrepreneurial scrappy version to like, you know, if you're PepsiCo trying to formulate a new beverage and you're spending, you know, six or seven figures on it. So yeah. it took some time, but that's kind of what the tinkering looked like in my case, a little bit different. Did you know what ingredients you wanted to put in or did this person help you with the ingredients? They helped me, but I will say I had a lot of thoughts on it. And it's interesting because now I understand why it can be so difficult to break out of kind of your typical products you see on the market in terms of ingredients, format, et cetera, because the whole system is sort of primed to push you in a certain direction. So I'll mm -hmm. give you some, some examples. I knew I wanted, I knew what, what the um, key factors I wanted in it. I knew vitamin C, zinc, and magnesium were huge because not only were they important for your immune system, but they are also in the case of zinc and magnesium, especially tough to get. So I knew I wanted those ingredients. I knew I didn't want any added sugar and I knew it had to taste good. And then I also wanted the base of the product to be related to what it's delivering. So for example, if it's vitamin C, I wanted some of that, at least some of that vitamin C to come from the natural sources, citrus fruits, that kind of thing. Um, so those were kind of the top level. Oh, and I knew I didn't want any preservatives, but I had to be shelf stable. So it was actually kind of a demanding list. And we had to go back and forth several times because the first iterations I got back, even though I had that list, I look, I'm like, oh, this tastes great. And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, wait, it says added sugar. Thought we talked about that. So it was like I had to push, push, push to really make, make it what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So how long of a process you said? It was a process, right? So how long yeah. did it take to get through to the point that you had a final, a product that you wanted to take to market? That was probably three or four months from okay. like the very initial, well, I'd say there was probably a, a month or two of finding a partner and brainstorming while I'm interviewing people and stuff. And then it was another three month, three months or so to get that formula exactly right back and forth, tasting it, having other people taste it. And then on top of that, there was another three or so months of finding someone that would or could make it for me. Um, ah, so you have the person, like the scientist behind the the mix or the product. Yeah, the formula. Yeah, yeah, the formula. There you go. And then, then once you come up with that formula, then you've got to find like a facility to make that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, you, and then a lot of people I always ask that have products, like then you have your ingredients. Are you sourcing them or is the manufacturer sourcing them? Which route did you choose? So um, the interesting thing about this whole process is when you're a tiny little startup, really just me with, a th with an idea, it's just me. Uh, these people in the industry, they don't owe me anything. Like these co-packers, they're like, I'm busy producing product for these big brands, thousands of bottles a day. Who are you? You know, how, like, how much is this worth to me? Not much. Cause I'm just me like so many things. So a lot of the, a lot of the ways that I got the product out the door in the beginning were not decisions that I made, you know, it was like, yeah. this is the only way I can get this done. So in the, in the case of the co-packers, I interviewed, well, first of all, I had to find someone that could do it because the interesting thing about, um, 
shelf-stable products. So most shots are, are refrigerated, fresh-pressed juice. Yeah. That's yeah. a completely different process. You know, they're just putting refrigerated juice into a bottle and keeping it cold. If you want your product to be shelf-stable, there's a couple ways to do it. Adding preservatives, not doing that. And then there's, it's called, um, the process I ended up doing is called hot fill, where you basically heat it up just enough to kill off germs and then you like seal it. So there's a lot of hot fill beverages out there, shelf-stable beverages. If you think about when you walk the aisle at the grocery store, the beverage aisle out of the fridge, all that stuff, a lot of it is hot filled, but they're usually big bottles. You know, they're like eight, 12 ounces. So there's lots of co-packers that can make eight to 12 ounce shelf-stable drinks. And there's lots of co-packers that can make the little fresh refrigerated juice shots, but there really weren't that many that could do both, like hot fill on a shot bottle. So that was a little bit of just cold calling, researching, we, weaning down a list of 100 probably co-packers. And then once I found the ones that could do it, then it's a matter of kind of uh, fit. You know, what, are, what do I want in a partner? What do they want? And are they even willing to work with me? So in the case of the co-packer that I ended up finding that I'm still working with and they're great, um, they had some stipulations, you know, they were like, we'll do, this is a minimum that we'll do. And luckily their minimum was low enough that I could afford it. So it was a small amount. Um, you gotta pay up front. We don't know you from anyone. So we're not giving you any credit. We're not going to make it until you, we got the money in, in hand. Um, and you've got to do all the work. So you're going to source all the ingredients and you're going to have them sent to us. Oh, you have oh, to, and by oh. the way, you're going to pay us this amount, you know, like this is what it is. Sorry. And so it's interesting because I did have a couple of options cause I talked to multiple people, but in the end I had to decide what the trade-offs I wanted to make were. Uh, and I, you really have no leverage, zero whatsoever. <laughs> wow. That seems like, I mean, I guess you're backed into a corner. It seems like a lot of work, but if you want to get it done, then you got to start somewhere, I guess. Right. It's totally true. And I think I did not appreciate that. It's a sales, it's a sales process. I mean, ultimately producing my product is a gamble for them because they don't know me. They don't know what I'm like to work with. They don't know if I'm going to pan time. They don't know if I'm ever going to be worth anything. And even to produce a product, you have to clean the lines, get it set up for the new product, manufacture that, re-clean the lines for your next. So there's a huge cost there. Um, even just like getting you set up on the back end with your systems. And so I had to sell myself like, here's me, here's my background. Here's how great this idea is. Here's why this is going to be the best idea ever. It's going to grow. It's going to be huge. We're going to grow together. Um, because if it were just that one run, it's not worth their time. Like the right. amount of money I spent on that first run is like nothing to them. It was a lot to me, but to them it was nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. was a lot of work and it was, um, it was like a mind shift, a mindset shift for me that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Yeah. It's kind of like pitching to investors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're investing their time. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So how long does it take to get one get these drinks manufactured did they do the packaging too or you had to do the packaging i did the packaging so my formulator the food scientist who helped me with the actual ingredients in the formula he helped me think through the packaging as well because because he had a background in beverages how to make them shelf stable and all that he recommended this package so the bottle so he recommended this bottle and cap so that was great because i'm like great you have the knowledge so that's how i picked the co-packer, it had to be someone that could work with that bottle and cap. And then the actual sleeve, 
design. Um, I worked with someone who has more of a brand design background to come up with that. And that is not my strong suit, but I kind of like knew when I'd see it, I kind of knew whether it resonated or it worked, but this person was great in terms of choosing the colors and having it all work. And then once we kind of designed it at a high level, I had somebody with a regulatory background review it and make sure everything was the way it should be because there's a lot of rules on here about like how big does this ingredient font size have to be relative to this and really oh so many rules it's it's like extremely um regimented like your brand name can't be so much bigger than the the line that says what's in it and you know it's 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 good it's good and actually i'm sorry i feel like i'm just going off on all these tangents no, you're fine i love it um, in the beginning, I had the choice whether to label this as a supplement or a beverage. And I wanted it to be a beverage for a few reasons. One is this is meant to be a beverage that is enhanced. It's like when you buy orange juice and it has calcium added or you drink milk with vitamin D. I wanted it to be a natural drink with a little oomph in it, not a supplement. But I also love the fact that the FDA regulates beverages. So I'm operating under a regulated umbrella which builds trust with the customers and for myself, because I know it's good. I know it's going to be safe um, and healthy for people, as opposed to the supplements space is completely unregulated and it is the wild, wild west. You really don't know whether what you're eating is safe and even what's in it sometimes. I know. Really don't know. That's the scary thing. And like, I think about that when looking at vitamins say on Amazon because you mm -hmm. really don't know what you're getting and you don't know where they're coming from and yeah it's scary right oh yeah, yeah I, I personally um, try to buy things like supplements and medicines off Amazon although I have done it so <laughs> we sell right. on Amazon like when you're so. in a pinch and stores out and you're like oh my gosh I need that right yeah to make a habit but it's true. And I will say too, sometimes, um, especially true with gummies, the way they mix it uh, is sometimes not the same amount in each gummy item. And so there was some study done that someone cited to me about melatonin gummies that people are giving their kids. And sometimes one gummy might have like three times the amount. And so another one might have less because it, it's like not mixed properly. And it's just completely unregulated. Completely untested. So that explains why some days it works and some days it doesn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> and some days you feel groggy and some days you feel good. You never know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so I feel like you have grown quite fast. Like, if you think about, you said the end of 2021, right? That you so 2020, I had the idea and then it was all those months developing it. So I actually started selling July of 21 all in. Okay. So basically you've been selling for two years. Yeah. A little over. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what have you learned? Obviously you, you learned a ton throughout this process of, uh, creating it, right? So many opportunities to learn, but when you take something like this to market, I would assume that your background is very helpful. Uh, in, regardless if it's the adult beverage, it's just beverage, right? Yes. So you have yeah. a little bit of insight into the market and the industry. But when you're taking a product to market, there are obviously many strategies that you can go about doing to execute and get in front of. What have you learned so far? And is there anything that you would do differently? Yes. Um, so some knowledge 
I came in with that has held true. So I'll start with that. Um, in the beverages space, packaging is really, really important. Like you don't even realize it, but often when you're grabbing that bottle out of the fridge or off the shelf, it's because of what you're seeing on yeah. the front. So I knew that. Um, and I also, taste also is huge, which is obvious. The other thing that I, um, I knew coming into it in my prior role, we called it liquid to lips, but basically people really need to taste something. And if they taste it and it tastes good, that is a great way to kind of bring them in and buy it. Um, because even if your packaging is nice, and this is especially true for vitamin E's, even if your packaging looks nice, looks good. Okay. It's fruit on it because it's, especially because it's got vitamins. A lot of people are just like, this is going to taste horrible. This is going to taste horrible. I don't know. That's a lot. I'm not going to buy it. So that is something that we um, do a lot of is sampling because uh, if I can get someone to taste it and it tastes like fruit juice, they're like, oh, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time someone says to me when I'm sampling, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, which I guess is like sort of a compliment. Um, but that's been really huge. So that is something that I kind of brought into it. Um, some things that I've learned, I think on that front, a couple different things I'll mention. One is I, so there's this whole other part of the story that we haven't talked about, which is I got pregnant at the end of 2020 with my fourth child. So she was doing yeah, September. Just a little bit, a little. Oh yeah. This is a side note, but it, is, it all is going to make sense. So she was due in September. And so I was kind of under deadline, a self-imposed or imposed deadline. I was like, I have to get this product out the door by by due date because there's no way I'm gonna be able to do all that you know with a newborn that's gonna delay everything whatever so the good side about that is it forced me to choose progress over perfection you know but the downside and maybe it's not a downside maybe this is just how startups are I had to get this product out even though it wasn't perfect so I have since improved it quite a bit and looking back I'm actually glad I did that because you could lose years trying to get the perfect, perfect, perfect product, but the best way to get that feedback is just put it out there and then see what people think. And so I got a lot of early feedback on my first iteration of this product, which was the first one, about the taste. It was a little bit bitter and sour, um, and I got that feedback through reviews, and then people that knew me well, actually a lot of people that knew me well wouldn't give, oh, it tastes great, <laughs> but then the people that give you the real feedback, you know, you're, they're like, you know, it's a little, it's a little sour. So I actually reform it, tweaked the formula um, after that first launch. And the other thing that I changed, in, I had this motif with the design, the original branding that had like rocks and flowers. It was kind of like this like jungly. So this was like rocks and flowers and I got, or like, you know, plants. And I got this feedback of like, when I see that on the bottle, you know, I think it's going to taste like rocks and plants. And it's like, no, you <laughs> And it's so funny because I was in the industry. I, I knew this, like the real estate here is so important. And then I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? But whatever, I put it out there. I got the feedback and I changed it. So anyway, um, so many learnings. So, so many learnings. Um, that's great though. I love that you put it out there because I think a lot of people, you're right, get hung up in perfection. And they say, just start where you are because you just have to start, right? Like yeah. that's the biggest challenge. And I know myself, I've, uh, been faced with not starting and wanting perfection and I'm in the middle of it right now actually but uh, it's all good I think that's good good learning um, so how's the baby oh she's good she's yeah it's funny she's like basically the same age as my business <laughs> so she's 
two years and two months now. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Terrible yeah. twos. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So what has your strategy been? Are you in, uh, did you choose to go big stores, small stores, markets? Like which route did you go? This is another one where your circumstances kind of dictate things sometimes. So it was COVID. So I started online. I was like, that's really, and actually now that I think about it, that informed also the shelf stability aspect of it, because I thought if I'm going to sell this thing, people need to get it shipped and, and they need to be able to do subscriptions. Like I need this to be shelf stable. So it all kind of like fit together. Um, so I started online out of necessity, which was great in retrospect, because at that time everyone was buying everything online. Um, I could do it from home. I know after my daughter was born, I could manage the business from, from home. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half exclusively. And it was great in a lot of ways. What I love about it is you get a direct relationship with your customer. You know, I got your email, I can talk to you now, I know who you are, you know us. Um, so a lot of benefits, but on the downside, it is very hard to grow quickly without spending a ton of money. And at that time, especially social media advertising was unbelievably expensive. I think at the time it was $6 a click. So not even a purchase. It was $6 just to have someone click and decide if they want to buy or not. So it's just, you know, prohibitively expensive for a startup. So I didn't do any paid advertising. I just did it through word of mouth, um, sampling events, if I could get out, you know, where things were opening up again, and then just like slowly trying to build up. So after a year and a half, I was like, this is great. And I have great relationships with all my customers but it's too slow. It was like very small numbers. It wasn't picking up fast enough. And that's when I decided to shift to retail to just get that uh, broader exposure. But that completely changed the game because now I'm driving around, I'm doing samplings, I'm visiting stores, I'm on the road all the time. And by then my daughter was 18 months and we had childcare lined up and everything. So it was feasible. Uh, but it's funny looking back, it's sort of like your circumstances kind of dictate what you do. Yeah. You know, some might call it like fate. You know, the universe is guiding you. I don't know. Maybe you're just making do with what you have, but it worked out in the end. Yeah. That's awesome, though. So, how many stores are you in today? So, I am right now in 100 doors. Okay. And uh, the big chains I'm in, I'm in Fresh Time, which is 70 doors. And then I'm in a, a chain in the Midwest here called the Fruitful Yield. That's another 10. And then I um, am piloting with Core Power Yoga. So, we're awesome. in 10 of their studios testing. And then I have a few independents. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how does first time work? Do you have to reach out state by state or like city by city? Or if one adopts it, do the rest of them adopt it? How does that work? Well, it's not straightforward, but there is a story behind that. So um, I've at first applied to fresh time. I'm trying to get all the, the timing right. I think at the... Um, I don't remember when it was, but I applied to Fresh Time like through the process. You know, you submit your information online, whatever. Wait a while. Sorry, you know, thanks for your interest. We're not interested in you. Um, so then I was like, okay, I'll find out who I know, someone who knows someone, and I'll try to talk to someone. And I ended up getting time with someone at headquarters and they were like, great to meet you. Sorry, you know, we don't have any influence over the process. You know, go, go kind of try some other things and come back and we'll see maybe in the future. So, um, you know, I did, I went out, I tried some other retailers and I actually have a fresh time right by my house. So I popped in there and on a complete, I don't, I think I got the idea from listening to another entrepreneur story about how they kind of like had to work it from the ground up. I just talked to the manager there and he was great. I still keep in touch with him to this day. 
but even then he wasn't like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it in. He was like, I don't know. Let me try it. Let me think about it. And I think I had to go back six or seven times and I grocery shop there. So it's like, you know, I'm in the store. Oh, hey, is manager available? Say hello, remind him who I am, follow up, whatever. And finally, after several visits, he was like, all right, we'll give it a try. So they brought it in and we put it in a barrel at checkout, like a big barrel dump bin of all the vitamin E's and people bought it like it was moving. And so he was like, you know, this is doing well. So he uh, reached out to his 10 colleagues in the local area. So this is like bottoms up. He's like, hey, there's this new product by this person who lives locally. Um, it's been doing well. You guys want to try it? And some of them responded right away. Some didn't. So I followed up with all the ones that didn't a couple times. Right. And so got it into those 10, now 11 stores. And that went on for several weeks, a couple months. And then eventually headquarters pulled some report about performance and saw vitamin E's on there and said, oh, what's this brand is doing well in these stores and then reached out to me. So that entire process was probably six months. And it's funny because the person who reached out to me six months later was the person who told me no originally. Um, I don't think, I don't know if she remembered that, you know, it's like they're busy. Right. Like, so I think the moral of the story is like, you, so it's easy to personalize things like that. It would have been really, really easy for me to be like, you know what, this product is just not good. People yeah. said it was sour. Um, I had the rocks and the leaves. People didn't like it. And fresh time didn't like it. I'm quitting. Like that would have been yeah. so easy to do. And it also would have been easy at any of those, like probably 10 or 11 follow-ups to be like, you know, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm not going to go and ask this guy for the sixth time. <laughs> this is getting awkward. Maybe I should just stop. And like, yes, at some point you have to stop, you know, otherwise you're like harassing people. But you never know. Like, sometimes it really is just that persistence, not giving up, you know, taking the feedback instead of throwing in the towel, whatever it is. All right. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, ready to take your startup to the next level without the hiring headache? Meet Carbon3 Recruiting, your ultimate partner in building startup success. They recruit so you don't have to. Whether you need C-level execs or entry-level champs, they've got your back. Carbon3 goes beyond recruitment. They build employer branding, deliver benchmarking and market analysis, and offer outplacement services. What sets them apart? Long-lasting relationships, deep understanding of your business, meticulous market research, high quality, and more. Clients hire one out of every three of their candidates. They plan, create, and execute the perfect hiring strategy for your startup, connecting you with candidates who truly match your culture. Don't waste time on recruitment headaches. Let Carbon3 Recruiting find the right people for your startup. Visit Carbon3Recruiting.com and turn your startup goals into reality. Carbon3, your growth, their mission. Scale smarter with Carbon3 Recruiting, where startups thrive. And not accepting no, like, yeah, right? Yes, but, or whatever. Right, not yet. Right. <laughs> right, that's awesome. So do you, how, like, if, people wanted to buy it now, where would they go to buy it? Where would you like people to go to buy it? Well, I still love when people buy on our website. I really do. Cause even in fresh time and some of the retailers, I don't know my customers, you know, I don't know who they are. So come to vitamin E's brand, um, drop your email. We send out these great blog posts every week around 
different nutrients and how to keep your gut healthy and how the gut is linked to your mind and all these really interesting things. So I love when people shop on our website, but we are on Amazon and we talked about that before we started recording. Everyone loves Amazon. It's so easy. Um, so you can search for us at Amazon. Sometimes you have to put in Vitaminese juice because a lot of the big vitamin brands buy the search term Vitaminese as a typo. So um, I learned that lesson along the way. But someday I'm like, someday I'm going to own that search term, but not yet. Um, and then, of course, in the, we're in retail. So Fresh Time, The Fruitful Yield. And then um, if you're near one of these 10 Core Power Yoga Studios, I'm really hoping someday we'll be in all the Core Power Yoga Studios because I'm a huge fan of the brand and a big yogi, but not yeah. quite yet. Someday. Not That's yet. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now what's next for you? What do you see? Are you coming out with new products? It sounds, it seems like you would be, but uh, I'm not going to put words in your well, mouth. Well, I have an, I have a third product in my back pocket. So right now I'm in a little bit of like a inflection point because it's a like, it's like a chicken and egg thing. So I, I definitely want to bring these two products to more people. People love these are getting great reviews on Amazon. Um, so I'm in conversations with a couple of bigger retailers and knock on wood, uh, 2024, early 2024, we will be more available in retail. Um, the chicken and the egg part is that takes money. So I'm also kind of talking to investors because now that the business is producing more and we're scaling, it takes money to get into these bigger opportunities. Right. So that's happening. And then I do have this third product waiting in the wings, but that takes money too. So it's kind of like, if I can raise the money, support the retail, launch a product, that would be an ideal scenario. So that's the next two years. And this product, I'll tell you about it. It's called Daily Greens. Right. So it's the same idea, a little shot, but with um, made with like broccoli powder, spirulina, green apple juice. So it's like a, it tastes like good, but it has all this really good nutrients that you get from green veggies. Yeah. Yeah. That and, sounds great. Um, so are you looking so, yeah. at uh, angel investing or VC investing? Like what kind of investors do you want? I'm still too small for VC. So it's, it's friends. So far it's friends and family, primarily or angels. The angels where I think I have the most luck in these early conversations are ones that really understand early CPG because a lot of what you hear about with startups and financing is tech, um, software, that kind of thing. And consumer products is just a completely different kind of investment. It takes different timelines, different capital amounts. Um, you would assess it, the performance differently. So, talking to a lot of individuals in the space and yeah, hoping, hoping it works out because a lot of them want to see retailers signing up. So it's like chicken and egg, you know, get the retailers. I've talked, I've been talking with them. I need the money. Right. Like, how do we get it all together? So we'll see. Yeah, we can definitely uh, make that awareness and um, Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Any we, thoughts, we, any intros, we'll investors? That would be great. Uh, yeah. So any investors out there listening, uh, get in touch with Leslie. Uh, we're also going to include all of your information in our show notes, um, your website and um, your ask and all that fun stuff. Amazing. Uh, yeah, for sure. So if you were to give anyone advice that maybe has an idea or wants to start on this journey, what piece of advice would you give? Um, hmm. I think, it, I think it would be, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. because I thought when I started in this journey, and like I said, I didn't start explicitly, like I'm going to start a company and work 
that be my job necessarily. I started tinkering, but I thought the hard part about being an entrepreneur was working hard. And I thought, oh, I've, I know how to work hard. I've always worked hard. I can work harder than anyone, you know? That is not what's hard about it. It is, it is like putting yourself out there. It is um, knowing yourself, like addressing all of your personal weaknesses to make sure you know what they are so you're covering your bases because you, it's all coming down to you. Like it's just yeah. you. Um, and, you know, just even like, if you think about it, like coming up with an idea and releasing it to the world is scary. And I remember clicking, like when I, when I announced, I think on my LinkedIn or something that I was doing this, I remember clicking it and just be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Like what's up? They're going to think it's weird. They're going to think it's dumb, whatever. Nope. First of all, nobody really cares as much as you think they do. Right. So you have to get used to that. You're going to fail. You're going to hear no, you're going to have to sell yourself shamelessly. You're going to have to, you know, acknowledge mistakes because there's no choice. Like it's just you so many things. So I would just say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and more tactically, like taking care of yourself, you know, take breaks, get all this. Like, I feel like it's very trendy now, like self care, like do that stuff, like take a break, go for a walk, you know, turn off your phone because that's the kind of stuff that will make you more resilient in the face of all this difficult uncomfortableness. Yeah. So I think that's what I would advise. And it's kind of like, maybe not what most people would think of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just had a girl on and we talked about how if you don't know yourself, you will know yourself really well after you go through being a founder, like whether you like it or not, you're going to know the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the dirty. you will it's know. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Cause I think in any situation where like in a, in a big company, it's maybe easy to be like, Oh, well, it was this other thing or it was this other thing or it was, it was, you know, it's your company. Every single decision comes out to something that you did or decided. So like, yeah, if it's a mistake, you know, you have to like really look at it because otherwise, how are you going to learn? I wouldn't trade it for anything though. I've, I've learned and grown more in the last two years than in my entire career. To, to date. That's amazing. Because how unusual is it to get that insight or that feedback? Like you're not going to get that right. from any other experience the way you will. Or just the experience that you've had to do like all of the steps, right? Like it, it's just incredible that you've learned. I mean, think about just how much you've learned in getting a food scientist and then getting hot, cold, storage no you're right it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot like it's a lot right yeah and you're right what and who's willing to do what for how much for what blah 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 right <laughs> how to source all your i mean that that alone is like two or three people job right <laughs> you're right i have a phd in uh making shots if anyone <laughs> <made me ask. laughs> right that's exactly right. Uh, well, I'm excited for you. I think this is really cool. I actually take for everyone out there. I have tasted these and they're really tasty actually. And they're great. So, um, I appreciate you sending me some samples, but I'm going to buy some cause they Yay. were great. I'm always looking for just, uh, something easy. I don't like taking a bunch of pills. Um, and, I don't buy them. I mean, I'm not a gummy fan. I mean, I think they taste great, but, um, they are what they are. <laughs> I, yeah. I just don't feel great about eating things that taste like candy. For my body. <laughs> so, yes. I know. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, so they're really tasty. Uh, and we will promote it all day long. I think it's great. I can't wait to see where you go, where you're headed, and we'll help you out as much as we can as far as resources for funding and all of that stuff. Amazing. Before, before you go, I uh, want to know, do you have a motto that you live by or that it could be the motto of the day or this is my motto for the week or whatever. Do you have one? You know, um, the one that I've been leaning on lately and it probably changes all the time. <laughs> if you asked me a year ago, it'd be different. But the one I've been leaning on lately is just do it. And that is um, like it is the Nike slogan. But it's funny because my grandmother growing up had something very similar in her kitchen. If it didn't say just do it, it was something very similar. And it's basically like if it's going to take less than five minutes, just do it, you know, like just get it done because I find sometimes I'm just like, oh, put something off, put something off, but just get started. Just take that first little step. Just do that one little thing. Yeah. Um, so that's the one I've been using lately. That's awesome. I love it. It's true though. You know, even if it's like the yucky thing, um, rip the bandaid off. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And my theory is, is you don't know unless you try and that whole motto of the risk you don't take are the things you regret most of my life. It's true. It is true. Like I would hate to make it to 80 and look back and say, I wish I would have whatever it is. Right. Like, so you, and I also don't believe failure is failure. It is just a learning opportunity and it's, um, a detour to another path, right? Like, right. You got to try it. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time and I just love your energy. And, uh, I think it's cool. You had another baby in this whole process. Oh yeah. Imagine. <laughs> my two babies, my business baby and my baby baby. Right. right. <laughs> baby squared. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much and we'll be in touch for sure. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. <laughs> <laughs>